What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 260. Uh, today, we have the CTO, Hart Montgomery of Hyperledger on the show with us to talk about the foundation and what they're doing. Hart, welcome to the show, man. Thanks a lot for having me, Brandon. Yeah, appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. It's an honor to have you on. Um, before we kind of jump into it and talk a bit more about the foundation and kind of recap it, um, and then discuss what you guys are doing lately. Tell us a bit more about yourself and your uh, your backstory. You know, how did you uh, find yourself in this space? What did you do prior um, from a work perspective? And what was your path that got you to Hyperledger? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I really got into cryptography in grad school. Um, so I went straight from undergrad to uh, a PhD program in computer science without sort of really knowing what I wanted to do. And I got to Stanford and I talked to my future PhD advisor, Dan Bonet, and just, you know, like most people who talked to Dan, got really excited by cryptography and what he was doing. Um, and so that's how I got into cryptography. I sort of have an academic background that way. Uh, after I finished grad school, I went to work for uh, Fujitsu Research, uh, where I worked on, you know, cryptographic research, a lot of things in cryptography, uh, and in particular, uh, open source uh, blockchain and cryptography. Um, and as you're probably familiar, you know, uh, blockchain is one of the most practical ways to work on cryptography. If you're doing cryptographic research and you want to have an impact in the real world, blockchain is one of the best ways to do that. So that's sort of how I got into blockchain. Um, and actually, you know, Fujitsu was one of the founding premier members of Hyperledger. So when Fujitsu started Hyperledger, I started working on Hyperledger and I've you know, sort of been on all of the technical steering committees since the beginning and, and have been involved in, in that from its inception. Um, and then very recently, uh, you know, Hyperledger decided to uh, open up this role. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to sort of work more directly on open source blockchain. Uh, and so I jumped at the chance and, uh, and here I am. Uh, so that's a little bit of my backstory. Nice, man. Was there anything in particular about Hyperledger that was most attractive to you that you wanted to maybe work with the foundation versus elsewhere? Yeah, I really love the full open source development environment, right? So, you know, there's there's a continuum of sort of open source projects, right? You know, some projects will say they're open source, uh, but they mean is, you know, they dump code periodically and maybe one company has a complete monopoly on where the code base goes. Uh, Hyperledger is a full open development model, right? And this is true for anything at the Linux Foundation, not just Hyperledger. But what it means is that technical decisions uh, and sort of technical mm -hmm. positions are all decided based on merit and not company affiliation. Anyone can join, anyone can contribute, anyone can do whatever they want technically. And I really find that attractive. And I think in an application like blockchain where decentralization is so important, it's also important to have a maximally decentralized development process. So that really attracted me to Hyperledger and the Linux Foundation. What's your role you'd say entail the most as CTO for the foundation? Like what's, it, what's it like a day in the life CTO of Hyperledger 
foundation? That's a great question. And sometimes I don't even know myself. <laughs> the days are, are so different. Um, you know, I obviously have to understand the technology. So I certainly spend time, you know, making sure I understand everything, you know, following the papers, keeping up on all the current trends. Uh, you know, then it's sort of looking over our projects, talking to people, you know, making sure we're headed in the right direction, <clears throat> making sure we're not duplicating anything, right, unnecessarily. I've spent a lot of time recently, you know, on sort of security practices, which are, are you know, I, everyone, I think, agrees at this point that, that open source, uh, you know, has superior security to, to closed source in, in terms of environments. Um, but, you know, putting in practices and, and getting people who aren't used to open source security practices, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge. And that's something where, we, you know, we work on constantly. Um, so, you know, I, I also explain things to, uh, to people who are looking to use Hyperledger. Um, so no day for me is, is ever like any other day, I guess. No, it's, it sounds like you have a very diverse role in what you do there and cover a lot of things, which is good. And that's great because um, you get your kind of fingers in a bunch of different areas and understand everything really well, I imagine. Um, what, what would you say that direction is that you're trying to help drive Hyperledger in? There are a lot of different directions, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to be as sort of diverse and distributed as possible. We want, you know, lots of different, we're, we're always trying to increase, you know, diversity of contributions from different companies, you know, different areas of the world. So we want to grow projects that way. Um, we want to see, you know, obviously more interoperability and integration, uh, you know, everything has to work together and, and talk to each other. So nothing, you know, is, is ever going to be in a vacuum. We want people to be able to reuse components from different projects. Uh, you know, so we, you know, we also want, uh, you know, very traditional enterprises like central banks and, you know, traditional banks to have confidence in our security processes and, and you know, realize that, Hey, you know, we can trust, blockchain open source software. Uh, so we're pushing in a lot of different directions. You know, there, there's no like, there's no one priority that we're just sort of climbing up the mountain on. We want to move, you know, towards a lot of things that will help people adopt open and use open source blockchain. Would you say most of these things are tailored towards the corporate enterprise space or is it kind of mixed and you got a lot of government interest or you got financial industry interest uh or where do you see like the most interest <laughs> it's it's mixed all over the place like for our identity projects you know we have a ton of government interests you know and we actually have you know full-time maintainers on our identity projects who are government employees which i think is really really cool um so the interest is really driven by the project space i would say um, and we're not just, you know, we're not just interested in enterprises. We like to call our software enterprise grade. And that sort of means that, you know, we've put enough thought and, and due diligence that enterprises can trust it. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's only for enterprises, right? You know, there are lots of non-enterprise use cases that we see people using all the time. Absolutely. I mean, enterprise is one faucet of what you guys can like drive the, the foundation towards, but there's so many different things out there. So many different industries that need blockchain, that need open source tech and DLT and all this. Um, 
what what are some of the projects or things you guys are working on under the umbrella that you guys maybe are most excited or excited about or that have had the most development or the most interest? Well, you know, we have our classic workhorse projects that are, you know, people are very interested in like fabric and base zoom. And those are continuing to progress. You know, we're seeing a lot of uh, excitement around Desu, around the merge. Um, but I figured that most people who are familiar with Hyperledger are familiar and comfortable with those projects. Some of the newer stuff we've seen are projects that are sort of focused on a multi-chain world. Um, so we have Cactus, which is a project focused on integration and interoperation, which basically is about, uh, you know, connecting different blockchains, but in a maybe a different approach than a lot of the solutions out there today. Um, and I think I'll summarize it by saying that the maintainers of Cactus want it to be uh, an SDK of SDKs and not a blockchain of blockchains, which is sort of how a lot of the interoperability and atomic swap protocols work today. Um, so that's Cactus. And there's also Firefly. So Firefly uh, wants to build what, well, they are building what they call a super node, uh, which is essentially a middleware stack that allows you to write code once and run it on any blockchain that they support, which is really cool. And that can save a lot of development. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to spin up a blockchain application and you want to, to run it on a lot of different chains, uh, then Firefly is a great option for that. So we're really seeing, you know, sort of uh, people who are really embracing a, a multi-chain world. Um, and that's, you know, even big enterprises are, are on board with this. When you guys imagine and think about a multi-chain world, and maybe some people think about it differently, is that mostly in a streamlining, logistical, um, you know, workflow type of, you know, fix or mentality with blockchain, or is it maybe more social, um, more interactivity with audiences or with, um, or with members? Um, like you see this, I guess the best way to explain it is more geared in a private sector sense or in a public sector sense or socially with the public or intercompany. Well, sort of everything. So yeah. I like to view like blockchain and distributed ledger as, you know, sort of a fancy database, right? Well, what is a blockchain? It's a database with decentralized trust, right? You know, you can think of sort of like Bitcoin very abstractly as, you know, a public decentralized database for, you know, a currency. You can think of Ethereum as sort of the same way for programs, right? And then you can think of, you know, permissioned blockchains or semi-permissioned blockchains, right? As, as you know, less decentralized than fully public chains, but, you know, say more decentralized than something like a traditional database, right? And so there's this huge continuum of, you know, fully decentralized to fully centralized, right? Um, and, you know, that's great. We have that. But unfortunately, you know, you're probably familiar with what people have termed the, the blockchain trilemma. Uh, and I view this as mostly a trade-off between performance and centralization, right? Uh, you know, inherently, as you go to more decentralization, you, you know, typically struggle more with performance. Um, and so sort of for a lot of use cases, you know, finding the, the right place on the continuum for, for your use case is important, right? There are some things where you may want a fully public chain. There are some 
cases where you know one party hosting a database is, is good enough. And there are a lot of cases in between uh, too, right? So our, our premise is that you know there's not going to be one blockchain or distributed ledger or database for every single application. And all of these things are still going to have to talk to each other, right? Um, so we, we need to make sure that we have the software infrastructure in place for all of these, I guess, generalized databases or ledgers to talk to each other and, and to work together, right? You know, if you want to write code for this ecosystem, you don't want to have to do it separately, you know, and start from scratch every time uh, you want to move to a, a new system. So do you see a lot of developments mostly around EVM and Ethereum? Or do you see, because I know there's a lot of interoperability and interchain stuff trying to be built. Um, you see a lot of focus around that still in terms of building out applications and processes and solutions, or are you seeing it more on uh, other blockchains that you know have cropped up in popularity in the last couple of years? Well, I mean, we're seeing a lot of everything. There's definitely okay. a lot of EVM interest, you know, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can, with, with Besu, you can take essentially a core EVM and you can run a permission blockchain on it, right? Uh, and that's super nice if you want to do a hybrid blockchain, right? Because, well, <laughs> everything is is EVM compatible and, and you can sort of switch your code relatively seamlessly. Um, you know, we've also seen, you know, interest in other things as well. Um, you know, so <laughs> I, I think, uh, I, I don't know that any sort of execution engine is you know, is, I don't see a route to a single execution engine, I, I guess, if, if that's the question. Sure. Um, certainly EVM is, is the most popular. Mm -hmm. I don't anticipate that changing in the near future. Um, but, you know, there, there are reasons why you might want to have, you know, a more restricted execution engine, right? You might want something not turn complete in some cases where you, you know, absolutely have to have top performance or security. Right. So so even then, you know, it's a question of does that really fit all use cases? Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I know a huge key component of the foundation, you know, a lot of it is development, too, but also education. What are some of the ways that you guys are reaching out and helping the public get more educated and understand what not just what you guys are doing? Uh, under Hyperledger, but also, you know, across blockchain as an industry and, and kind of teaching people more about what there is and what you can do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we do have a bunch of courses you can take on all of our blockchain technologies uh, for people interested uh, in learning more. Um, we have a, you know, a learning materials group. Uh, we have a bunch of ways that we can onboard people and, and you know, help people who want to learn more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think education is a tricky thing in general. Um, you know, blockchain is so new. I know people have written some textbooks on it recently, but you know, it, it's, it, it's not an established thing. There's not sort of a, a standard way to teach it. If you say you've you know learned about blockchain, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know yeah. exactly what you're going to know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for general knowledge, I usually refer people to the uh, the Stanford blockchain course because I think that's uh, very well put together and taught. Have you guys thought about putting together a more concrete um, 
course or curriculum or something like that? I know it's difficult because, you know, the space is evolving every single day and it's a headache and there's so many takes on the space and it's a baby. It's, it's growing like crazy, but it's still young. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we have thought about that and uh, we're trying to do something, actually. Um, so uh, we are discussing sort of what the best how, how to make that, you know, the most useful, I guess, is the, um, is the general question. So, and when you get people coming to blockchain, they're coming with a huge range of experiences and, and backgrounds. I mean, it's difficult to sort of have one set of content that's useful for everyone. Yeah. It'd be interesting to have something for like continued education or for employees or employers to give employees that maybe need them to be more caught up on the industry or on certain topics or, maybe something for developers. Um, I, I think there's a good angle there. Yeah, and definitely. And, and even some, uh, some there, there's some aspects that are, they're also critically important, right? You know, if you're mm -hmm. developing blockchain, you also need to have, you know, a reasonable background in cryptography and security, uh, which, you know, if you're just a, a general software developer, you probably don't have that. Um, uh, a lot of the development is done in secure languages or I wouldn't say secure languages, but, you know, safer languages like Go and Rust. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of people don't have that experience. Um, it's not typically something that's taught at the university level. So most people have sort of learned it on the fly. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, you know, and it's a challenge to sort of move people over to that. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely a, a big educational aspect. Um, mm -hmm. that, uh, that, yeah, that totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. I, I feel like there's a number of different ways you could take it. And uh, it's still something in the space that's kind of lacking is Absolutely. like official education, you know, whether it's through a university or through a foundation like your guys's or or elsewhere. Um, there's so many takes on everything and so many things changing. It's I imagine got to be difficult to do, but there's there's a hole to fill. Yeah. And yeah. And we have, I think, you know, quite good stuff for our particular projects. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, certainly for like more general blockchain education, you know, that, that's a challenge. Oh, yeah, that's a big challenge for sure. Um, if someone wanted to become a member of the foundation and get involved and contribute, what's what's the path like for them to do that if they wanted to be more a part of Hyperledger? Well, to be a contributor, I mean, you just show up and contribute. So for technical contributions, right, we place no restrictions whatsoever. Uh, anyone can show up. Anyone can contribute. Uh, all of our meetings are almost, I should say, almost all of our meetings are completely open. The exceptions being like, you know, personal budgetary stuff and uh, some of our security, you know, stuff is, is private. Um, mm -hmm just, you know, for bug disclosure purposes and stuff like that. But sure. basically everything is open. You know, anyone can join. Uh, you can join our Discord. You can join our mailing list. You can show up to our meetings. Um, so getting involved at a technical level is extremely easy. There are no requirements. You don't have to work for a particular company. You don't have to be a Hyperledger member. Uh, you can just show up and contribute. Uh, and that's one of the best parts about, you know, truly open development is, you know, anyone can participate from a technical point of view. And, you know, if you do a good job, you know, anyone can be, you know, promoted to leadership positions for these projects. You know, you can, you know, drive the roadmap. 
you know, you, you can't expect to, you know, join right away and have people, you know, listen to you on the roadmap, right? Mm -hmm. Necessarily. But, you know, if, if you're a good contributor, you'll eventually be promoted. Um, so, so from a technical perspective, it's totally open. Um, our members typically join, uh, you know, we do have members, right? The Linux Foundation and Hyperledger are membership organizations. Uh, but members join for sort of the reasons of marketing where, you know, we help uh, members market and, uh, and community. Um, so there are some, you know, member networking opportunities and, and member marketing opportunities. Um, but that's, you know, strictly on the business side, not the, not the technical contribution side. Got it. So you got kind of two different angles for people, how they can get more involved. Absolutely. What about upcoming events or functions or things that you guys are doing or participating in? Um, anything people should know about? I know you guys got at least one up on the website front and center. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we have our annual global forum coming up uh, in Dublin in early September. Uh, this is a, a great way to meet the community and to see a lot of different talks on what, you know, what people have been doing with Hyperledger, you know, where the project is, uh, is heading technically. Um, I, I think these are great events, you know, just, just to meet people and, and talk to people about things. Um, and I've gotten, you know, personally great utility out of them. Uh, for instance, you know, I was one of the people in my, past job at Fujitsu, who started the Hyperledger Cactus project, um, you know, and, and Cactus was sort of conceived at a, uh, at a member summit event and then sort of finalized at actually the last in-person global forum, uh, which was in Arizona right before COVID hit. Um, it was uh, March 2020, and, and very ironically, we had a party at the Corona Ranch. Uh, it was a small miracle no one caught COVID. Interesting. No, it's a, it's a miracle if anyone doesn't catch COVID these days because it flies around like crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah. Do you guys have more events coming up in the near future where people could participate or get involved? Yeah, we frequently have, uh, you know, the, the global forum is sort of the big event, but we frequently mm -hmm. have hack fests or meetups. You know, I think we have a meetup community with something like 80,000 members um, and we cover, you know, most major cities. I mean, I, there's so many places that I couldn't even go into it. Um, so, you know, I definitely encourage people if they're interested uh, to look into that as well. Um, you know, we frequently run workshops, uh, you know, about different projects as well. Uh, so there's, there's always a stream of events and I would just watch the website uh, for anything like local or any sort of topic that you might be interested in. Do you guys mostly do stuff local in the U.S. or do you travel internationally sometimes? Uh, we do stuff pretty much all over the world. Okay. You know, so there are always, there, there are certainly local meetups that are, you know, <laughs> we have a map of this and it is really all over the world. And some of our biggest meetup communities are, are actually not in the U.S. Like we have huge meetup communities in Brazil. We have some big ones in India. Um, you know, obviously a lot of stuff in Europe, you know, stuff in Asia. So, so it's really all over the place. Got it. Got it. Where can people go to join the community and learn more about Hyperledger and, and participate if they want to? Great question. So I guess it depends on, you know, what you're comfortable with and how you mm -hmm. want to get 
involved. You know, uh, if you want to ask, if you're already familiar and you want to ask people questions, uh, Discord is great. You know, we have generally lots of people hanging out in Discord uh, and they can answer your questions about various projects. Um, if you're a developer, you know, you can just dive right into the GitHub and, and start looking at things. Uh, it's usually pretty well documented. Um, and we also, you know, we have a full wiki with sort of, you know, high level descriptions of things, information about sort of architectures and how things work. You know, also on our website, we have documentation of use cases and, you know, success stories and sort of what people are doing with Hyperledger. So if you want to get in from a business perspective, um, that's probably the way to go there. So it really depends, you know, it's a, it's a custom experience for, for whoever's looking to get involved and in, in how they want to, to do it. Um, so yeah, I would awesome. recommend poking around and, and then joining the discord. What about yourself? If someone wants to link up with you online or chat with you, are you, are you on social media? Um, I tend to use social media as little as possible. Um, you know, but I'm always open to email and uh, I usually am on the discord. So you can find me on the discord or email me typically. Cool. Discord's good. Guys, go check out um, the discord. If you want to talk to heart, go check out Hyperledger. Um, learn more about it, guys. It's a, it's a fantastic what they're doing. Make sure to like the video and subscribe as well if you haven't already. Heart, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and um, really explain more about what you guys are doing and the progress that Hyperledger has has made over over the years and over time that it's you know been doing all this stuff and it's very exciting and um, always look forward to what you guys you know are working on next. You guys got so many projects, so many different angles and directions that you're going, and it's uh it's very cool to see. Yeah, thanks a lot for your time, Brandon. You too. Likewise. Talk soon. In the meantime, have a good time. Bye bye. -bye.